This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome to Mark Madden Unfiltered on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Although we're going to be putting stuff in in post, so it is kind of filtered. And I can't say the F word or the S word or the C word or... A whole bunch of other words, but I wouldn't anyway because I'm a gentleman and I have standards. Uh, before I welcome my co-host, uh, the producer on my show, on the X, Tom Offerman, just an opening content. I was driving around today listening to talk radio, as I often do, and all I heard talked about on the local stations, Pickett and Trubisky, Pickett and Trubisky. Pickett and Trubisky, Pickett and Trubisky, Pickett and Trubisky, over and over and over and over again. And boy, that sounds dumb to talk about, not least because when the Steelers get beat at Cincinnati in week one, it ain't going to be Trubisky's fault. If Pickett plays, it won't be his fault. Heck, if Mason Rudolph plays, it won't be his fault. The Steelers just aren't a very good football team. They might have the worst offensive line in the league. Their defense has great players, but even more terrible players. And all that's going to add up to coming up short, more often than not this season, a losing record, and it won't be because the bad decision gets made at quarterback, whatever that may be. I know you all want Pickett to start right away. I think for Pickett's sake, you should want him to come and start a bit later in the season. Like, when he can't be blamed. When things can only get better. If you start picking in game one, and he goes sour, and at some point in the season you replace him with Trubisky, then your first-round pick failed. If you start Trubisky in game one, and then, you know, whether it's week three, four, eight, whenever, you turn to pick it, well, that's the natural progression. You knew that would happen sooner or later. Yeah, that's optics, but uh, Mike Tomlin is indeed a man of optics. So let's talk about something else, although I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point again during this podcast. Less Pickett, less Trubisky, no Rudolph. It's not the entirety of why the Steelers won't be that good this year. Joining me now, my producer from my show on the X, he is Tom Offerman. Tom, uh, I think we've talked enough about Pickett and, and uh Trubisky, although, again, 
We're doing it right now, aren't we? We are, and I'm glad you started the podcast with it, Mark, because I was on the phone with the powers that be at the Bet Rivers Network. By the way, Bet Rivers Network is where you can subscribe to this podcast. Go to betrivers.com. It's a magical website. You can place a ton of bets, make a ton of money there. So make sure you do that. But hold it, you were really talking to the people in charge of this. I was talking to the people. That's in a charge flat out lie. No, it's seriously. They called me on the phone and they said we have to start with Pickett today because there's a mob forming outside of Rivers Casino downtown demanding that picket talk gets put on this podcast on the front end. So good on you to placate to the mob. That's what you have to do in 2022 is placate yeah, but, to the mob. But the mob's forming because they heard there were free gift cards. That, that's, oh, that's the real reason why. Okay. Usually that that's what packs them into casino. Free gift cards, free bet. You know, uh, some sort of special, maybe a maybe a concert from the fifties or sixties or something like that. But yeah, the the Pickett and Trubisky thing, it's it's going to be talked about ad nauseum. And honestly, I mean, do you think there's a difference between the two in terms of one being noticeably better than the other? Not just in terms of what we've seen in the preseason, Tom, but but just you know potential ceiling, immediate ceiling, like how they're going to play this year. No, they actually seem like they're very similar quarterbacks to me. They seem to be pretty similar quarterbacks in the two preseason games that we've seen so far as well. Everybody wants to talk about how great Pickett's looked in the two preseason games, but Trubisky's been just as good. I mean, he hasn't had as many opportunities. Although I think he actually did get an extra series in the uh, Jacksonville game because they pulled Pickett way too early for God knows why. Well, yeah, and that's why the speculation's out there that he's going to start sooner, not later, because it seemed like Tomlin was protecting Protecting him him. from injury unless he wanted Rudolph to play the whole second half so he could could showcase him for a trade, but but here we go again, talking about um, the quarterback. <laughs> we can't escape it. Yeah, no, it, it, it is a web. It's very easy to get tangled, but I want to talk about the O-line, because I posted a blog today on the X website about how the Steelers have basically effed up the last two drafts in the first two rounds, because here's their, their picks in the first two rounds the last two years. This year, Pickett, a quarterback, and Pickett's a wide receiver. Last year... Najee, a running back, and Fryermuth, a tight end. That's all skill guys. Yep. Okay, now, I don't object to any of those picks individually. I think they're all pretty good players. But then don't complain when your O-line's no good, when you invest no pedigree in it whatsoever. Yeah, they're kind of like an old antique car in a garage that looks really good still. Great paint job, looks fresh, but when you take it out on the highway and you go over 50 miles per hour, it starts to shake and you can't really shift and it starts to break down on you. You're talking about the Steelers, the line, yeah. picking Trubisky? I'm talking about the Steelers because they have window dressing. Like, oh, wow, they have great wide receivers and they've got a good battle going on at quarterback. But you win games in the trenches. You don't have a good football team unless you have a good well, offensive line. More accurately today, though, Tom, because it is such a, a skill position game, you lose games in the trenches. Okay, you're not going to win just based on having good, great offensive line. Great man. offensive line, even a great defensive front seven. That's fair. But you can't suck, and they do on the offensive line anyway. The the defensive front seven. We'll get to that in a minute. I I think they're going to be better there than on the offensive side of the ball. But but yeah, I mean it's it's. It's, it's a situation where they did themselves dirty because Tomlin, who has more influence on the draft than I would give him, wants shiny new toys to play with all the time. The, and that's what skilled guys are. They're shiny yeah. new toys. There isn't one offensive lineman out of the six that are battling for the five starting spots, Green and Dotson, 
left guard battle that has shown you something in this preseason in this camp process that lets you think that they're good right all five all six of them are question marks at this point it would be good if Dotson could continue rallying and win that job at left guard he just has to stay healthy I think at this point green sucks yeah well he went from being a bad center to a bad guard but but the thing about Dotson is at least he fights he's like a phone booth guy he right he's really dirty and close I think they need a guy like that and he was that guy his rookie year before he started getting hurt you know, uh, too often um, for the coaches. Like, and there's something else that happened where they stopped liking him too. And I don't know what that is, but something happened because you mean it, outside of him just sucking on the field. I don't know. No, no, I don't. I don't. He hasn't hasn't ever sucked as bad as Kendrick Green. That's true. But but just like you know, it was a situation where he got hurt, and when he was healthy, he didn't go back in. You're right. That was so. I don't know what it is. Maybe. Maybe those photos with guns on his Instagram, <laughs> which I personally love, not not because not because uh, I'm, I'm pro gun, anti gun, but ain't nothing sexier than a big black guy with a gun, Tom. I think we all know that. But uh, but yeah, I just I just wish he would live up to what he showed uh, as a rookie, and hopefully he will. And not that that'll fix the offensive line, but getting back to the draft thing. I mean, you'd have to be nuts to not want to go back and take Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma who made all-rookie with Kansas City last year, you'd have to be nuts to not want to uh, trade Fryermuth in for him because Humphrey went uh, eight picks after Fryermuth. You could have had Humphrey. You should have got Humphrey. And that's not knocking hum- uh, Fryermuth, but tight end is just not a significant position compared to center. And it wasn't a significant need compared to what the Steelers lack on the offensive line. James Daniels is their current offensive lineman that was drafted the highest, and he was picked in the second round, I think, by the Bears around like pick number 39-40 in the draft. You need some pedigree on that offensive line. Think about when they had one of the best O-lines in football during the Killer B stretch. DeCastro, first-round pick. Pouncey, first-round pick. You you can't have all first-round picks, obviously. You need to sprinkle in some guys in the third and the fourth round or free agency guys yeah, that you, help you. You can't have all curtain jerkers exactly. either. Your, your, bet, your highest-picked uh, lineman can't be in the middle of the second round. You need a first rounder out there. It's the same thing at cornerback. It's one of the most important positions at football. They don't have a single guy that was drafted above the third round by anybody. They got like undrafted guys like Levi Wallace. Right. You know, they just don't have pedigree at important positions. So, and I get people on Twitter already telling me about, you know, oh, Friar Musa, top 10 tight end in the league, which he isn't, not even close, not yet. He might yet be. But uh, it's just when this team fails, it won't be because of the quarterbacks. It'll be because of the stuff we're talking about. Well, you said people are saying Farmer is the top ten tight end in the league, and I agree with you. He's not there yet. The ceiling is there, but he has to reach that. No, point. he's pretty good even now. But yeah. he just it's just about what you need and and how that like. I'll be blunt. If there was a comparable tackle in terms of talent and potential impact to Pickens in the second round, I'd rather have him than Pickens. As good as Pickens, Pickens looks looked. like a star, but you just like, don't need him. What if you had what if you had a second round talent left tackle and Creed Humphrey on this offensive line? You'd be better than than you would for having had having drafted uh Fryermuth and Pickens. Absolutely. And you know, back to your point with saying Fryermuth's not top ten. Creed Humphrey is top ten as far as the center position is concerned. He's probably top five. He might even be creeping into one of the best centers in football already. And which especially is scary. for a team. That values center so much to have passed For them up to on, pass that on that guy because they you know, want Webster, they, Dawson, Hardings, Pouncey, all those. I they mean, love passing the baton between the guys, and yeah. they think and they think center is more important than left tackle, and Which they're is wrong. Absurd. Well, they're wrong, but but then then okay, humor yourselves and take the center anyway, or take the left tackle instead of the quarterback. 
You had the quarterback in Trubisky. Get the left tackle in the first round. We've had so many people on the Mark Madden show as guests say how loaded of a class it was at left tackle. There's absolutely somebody that they could have picked in that number 20 spot that would have been a more immediate help. It depends what you believe Pickett's ceiling is. If he's your long-term guy, then I I don't object to taking Pickett. But here we are talking about Pickett Pickett again. Yeah, We still believe he's Kirk Cousins, right? That ceiling. Are you, are we Give or take. convincing maybe Give he could take. go a little past that now with his good showing? No, I'm going with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Then again, I don't consider Kirk Cousins no, to he's suck. Not bad. He's okay. He's won a playoff game before. He's a top half quarterback in the league. Yes. If 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 you get your first round quarterback and develop him and he's a top half quarterback in the league, that is a worthy pick. Yes, I would agree. And then it's up to you to build around him and have a strong enough O-line, strong enough D-line and weapons to get him over the hump because he's not going to do it himself. He's not like a Burrow where he's just going to be the deodorant for all of your shortcomings. You have to build a pretty good roster around him, but you absolutely can win with a guy in that kind of pedigree. Oh, they need a lot more deodorant than what they got. I mean, like... I, it's going to be a rough year. Potentially, it, it could be like a, a five or six win year. I think they'll probably get up to seven or eight. Yeah. Um, because, I, I don't know, I mean, we're going to talk about the coaches here in a few minutes. Um, not just Tomlin, but some of the coaches in the league. I, uh, You know, it's funny. I don't think Tomlin will ever let them stink. I don't think he can get them to, to a level above what their talent dictates either. Does that make sense? Yeah, they're stuck in the middle. You know, in, well, yeah, finish middle, draft middle, stay right. middle. And I, I think they're dangerously close to being really locked into that. I do too. And you're so right about how he won't just. It's not just Tomlin, though. It's the entire organization's thought process. They are just. They refuse to pull the plug on any kind of season. They refuse to bottom out and get a top 10 pick. And I think Ray Fittipaldo was on the other day for Mark Madden. He said, Well, you're not guaranteed when you pick high to get somebody good. Well, you have a much better chance to get somebody really good when you pick that high. It's It's worth the the shot. It's the way to bet. Yeah. Um, Well, again, and nobody wants to hear this, but when Ben. Blew out his elbow a couple that years the back. Year. They should not have traded for Minka. They should have just, you know, not tanked, but just let nature take its course and uh, use that pick uh, that they traded for Minka to maybe get Justin Herbert. Yeah. If they lose enough games, then their problems are solved. And nobody would have held it against them because Ben got hurt. But instead, they scratched and clawed their way to 8-8, eight and eight, which did them no tangible good at all. Yeah, it was In like, fact, it hurt them. Right. The universe presented them a golden opportunity there, and they just decided to put their head down and do the Steeler thing and try to get as many wins under the belt as possible and scratch and claw your way into the playoffs when they should have just gone 5-12 and 12 and called it a day. Yeah, and... I understand taking pride in competing, but it's also, uh, well, to to paraphrase Bill Cowher, a fine line between competing and stupidity, at least in this point. But I'm tired of talking about football. Well, I mean, I... The five guys feature sponsored by I don't know Burger King McDonald's. We don't have a sponsor yet, but uh, but every uh, podcast Tom's going to come up with five guys um, in a certain genre, and I'm, he's going to bounce bounce them off me and. Uh, Unfortunately, this does involve football. You should have got away from football. Sorry, I'll do that next week. We'll right. we'll, we'll we'll bridge apart from football. Like next I was week. thinking, top five. But you see, if I give it away, you can't do it. But top five punk rock songs. Okay. Well, I won't do Sonic that. Sonic producer from from uh, the Dead Boys, number one. Okay. So okay. So to, what do you got? Five guys. You want to do five guys now? I do. All right, five guys. Should I tell them the theme of these? I got five yes. coaches here. The yes. theme of these five coaches. Yes. These are five coaches who have won not one but at least two or more playoff games since Mike Tomlin has last won his. Last playoff game. Right. Number one, and, and it should be noted that I I know the genre, right. but I do not know. You the don't names. know what I'm going to throw at you. Exactly. Right here. 
Number one, I got Sean McDermott, Buffalo Bills. He's got three wins under his belt since Tomlin last won in 2016. And he's knocking on the door for a Super Bowl this year. I, I think, think he's a good coach, and it's easier to be a good coach when you got Josh Allen. Well, that's part of it, yeah. But, but you know what is funny? If he don't win a Super Bowl this year, his rep will turn on him. You Why think? ain't he won yet? Oh, yeah, don't you? Well, especially in that town, right? Because they're so close again. Four straight losses the last time they were this good. No, I actually think that's probably bred them to be more patient and accepting. Okay. The, but I mean, now that you're at the point, though, if you lose it again, like if they lose the Super Bowl this year, you got to think Buffalo fans are just going to be like, what the hell is I don't know. up with I, That's this? a good question. I don't know. Um, I would say if they don't win a Super Bowl by next year. You got two year window. Here. Yeah. I think if they lost in the Super Bowl this year, that people would say, well, you better get it next year. <laughs> right. And then you better get it next year. And then before you know it, they've lost four straight again. I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, but yeah. So, and I think they do have the potential to. I mean, you know what I always hate to to to, to bet on is a cold weather team because you know they could have the best team, and perversely, if they get home field and they play the AFC Championship in a blizzard, that doesn't hurt anybody but the better team. And if they're the better team. You know, you'd rather play away on a better field if you're Josh Allen, certainly. I think that plagues Rodgers in Green Bay constantly. They get home field in Lambeau, and it's 10 degrees, winds blowing 40 miles per hour, and Rodgers can't do what Rodgers does. Didn't stop Bart Starr, Tom. The ice bowl. <laughs> My second coach, I'm sticking in the AFC North, Zach Taylor, Cincinnati. Got all three of his wins last year on the way to the Super Bowl, but I think he's one of the more overrated coaches in football. You mentioned how McDermott benefits from Allen. All coaches benefit from great quarterbacks. I think Taylor might benefit more so than the others with uh, Burrow. Here's where we'll see how good Zach Taylor is, because that is a team ripe for Super Bowl hangover. This year, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Burrow had like half a camp due to his... Uh, appendectomy. I thought it was cirrhosis of the liver. I heard about his drinking. Maybe both. But uh, but yeah, he appendectomy is what he had. And they totally revamped their offensive line. And that's good because it was a bad offensive line last year. But, but right. you know, what if it takes time to gel? There's going to be a bedding in period there. They got uh, great receivers, the best receivers in the league. They got Joe Mixon. But, you know, that means you have to divide the touches equally. And, you know, it's one thing to, to, to just get to a Super Bowl, and then the next year guys kind of want to get theirs too. Although I thought, I'll tell you what, that's one thing about Burrow. There were no complaints last year, were there, among that that skill position set? No, they he all, spread the wealth really well. Yeah, but but I, but I think that's the key, that they uh, need to come out strong and not have a Super Bowl hangover. I think if they, you know, made the playoffs and didn't, you know, get to the Super Bowl. I don't know if that's an indictment. No. I I think they kind of overachieved a little bit last year, especially early in Burrow's tenure. Um, the safety uh, came back today. Jesse Bates. Yeah, he's back after his. Was that a hold out, hold in, hold something? I think that was an old school hold out. I don't think he, he was just even never around showed up camp. at all. Yeah. See, that's the way to do it. That's I respect how, yeah, that. Old school. So, but um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think he is a bit overrated, but I but I think there's certain ways he can prove himself. Like I said, just avoid that hangover and avoid. Losing to the Steelers in Week One. Let me tell you, as much as I've assumed the Steelers are going to lose that game, it would not shock me if that Super Bowl hangover manifests itself against Pittsburgh. Not only after having made the Super Bowl last year with Cincinnati, but having beat the Steelers two games. I think it even goes back further than that. They did sweep them last year, but I think it's like four straight games that the Bengals have over the Steelers now. Yeah, but last year they effed them up. Oh yeah, big time. It was they were not good games. In the same token, would you be surprised if that happens again? If Burrow just comes out and f's them up week one? I think week one is going to be a situation where Cincinnati wins by thirty or loses by three. Oh, okay. So it's either a blowout or they struggle the whole game and end up losing to the Steelers. Yes. Yes. 
Number three on the list, Matt LeFleur. Two wins with Green Bay. Should probably be a little bit more than two wins since 2016 when you think about what he has to work with. But I think he's actually the opposite of Zach Taylor, where I think he is a really good coach, and he's just so far behind the eight ball because Rodgers is such an a-hole and throws him under the bus I at every I think he's turn. actually a better coach than their playoff performance. Okay, But you're right. I think he has to do so much by way of kneeling at the altar of yes. Aaron Rodgers that it that it affects the team negatively. And, and that makes it sound like I think Aaron Rodgers makes them lose. But I'm not sure he doesn't in a weird way. And he has not had good playoff games in the past, you know, Aaron Rodgers, how long? So uh, I think Matt LaFleur is a real good coach. and uh, I think he's won like 13 games in every single season he's coached so far. You know you know what I give Matt LaFleur credit to is, as volatile as that situation is in um, Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and when Devontae Adams was there because right. he, he wanted his certainly. Yes. It never totally blew up, did it? No, like I said, they always won 13 games. They were always right there on an NFC Championship weekend. He, he was able to keep the train on the tracks as best as he could, and that's impressive for such a young coach whose first opportunity was coaching that guy, Aaron Rodgers. And and he got the opportunity because it was assumed Rodgers could walk all over him and would be comfortable with him. Yes. But, like, Rodgers never, like, no-showed anything. He threatened, right? That's I mean, he missed, he, like, he missed, like, a day at, like... He was at Scientology camp or, or taking ayahuasca for, for OTAs or something like that. I mean, he's not have perfect attendance, but he's never missed anything that he had to be at. He's all talk. He's one of the most all talk players in Loves the NFL. Loves to hear himself talk. Oh, yeah. No question. You know, you know what? You know where he's lucky? He's lucky Rashard Mendenhall fumbled because if he didn't have the one ring, he would be crucified on a daily basis. His four MVPs would be meaningless. He'd be like Marino, right? The new Marino? Or maybe even thought of lesser than the new Marino. Marino had more respect than that. Uh, people liked Dan enough, and I did too, that they made excuses for Dan, and I did too. Right now, it's funny though. Stephen A. Smith had a, they were talking about Marino in some context on ESPN, and somebody said, "Well, Marino had good receivers to work with in Duper and Clayton." And Stephen A. Smith goes, "If they ain't had Dan Marino, you would have never heard of Duper and Clayton." And he's right. <laughs> Number four, Mike Vrabel, Tennessee Titans head coach. He's got two wins under his belt since the 2016 win from Mike Tomlin against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Vrabel is what people think Tomlin is now. And he's what Tomlin used to be. That players coach, he's doing push-ups on the sidelines. These guys will run through a brick wall for you. But... He still has the disciplinary side to him where he's willing to tell a guy, hey, shut the hell up. And, I think he's and go a meathead. But I like that kind of MI football coach. Uh... Like Dan Campbell with Detroit. He's not on this list, but it's just a total meathead. Vrabel's a good fit for that team. He's getting a lot out of uh, Tannehill at quarterback. And it's Smash Mouth football, which is something he... Well, with that running back. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, like the team just lines up with what he prefers. And it's weird. I think it's more Providence than anything, Tom, because I don't think the team was assembled with that philosophy in mind. I think it's just the way it fell together. This is my favorite one on the whole list, number five. I saved the best for last. Doug Peterson, four wins and a Super Bowl ring since Tomlin last won, was fired from his Eagles job. Now he finds himself on Jacksonville sidelines, coaching Trevor Lawrence, trying to revitalize that team. I didn't think the Jags looked great against the Steelers. They looked more NFL-ready than they did with Urban, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, I think Peters is a good coach. Oh, no question. I mean, look, we did in Philadelphia, and, and and you know, look at what happened before him and after him, which hasn't been as good. I mean, he won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles too, right. for heaven's sakes. Now that's kind of lightning in a beer bottle, but but he did it. And uh, Jacksonville, I like the way their defense is starting to come around. And Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to be good. But then again, like we've talked about on my show, 
I think there are some quarterbacks that don't have a chance ever based on where they went. I don't think Sam Darnold going to the Jets and then going to Carolina, I don't think he had a chance, period. I'm not sure Zach Wilson, my favorite quarterback, That's right. has a chance. You know what I mean? I'm not sure Trevor Lawrence does, but I think he might now that you know that team's getting a little better and they have a, a better coach. Some guys are just so good it doesn't matter where you go. You can kind of overcome that scenario that you're painting. Burrow kind of comes to mind because I think Cincinnati for a long time was a doomed spot for a lot of quarterbacks to land. They had some success with Carson Palmer and Andy Dalton was okay for a couple years, but they never were able to, you know, catch that decade-long franchise guy until Burrow just... There was no stopping Joe Burrow. Maybe Trevor Lawrence is that same kind of dude where there's just no stopping him. He's going to reach his ceiling no matter where he is. But he got damaged big time by Urban Meyer. Like, that was a huge mistake, bringing Urban Meyer in to try to develop his I don't think he got damaged for the long run. But short-term, this this is like a rookie year year now. He's like a new, brand-new rookie year for him. But he's got the right coach this time, I think. You know what is funny about quarterbacks, though? Once the quarterback gets to do his second contract, if he's a star quarterback, he gets so much money, it, it kills the cap and hurts the team. It just does. Your best chance to win is like Burrow's still on his entry contract, yep, right? Yep. As long as he's on his entry contract, they're going to have a better team than they will once he gets the big money. Oh, no question. That's why they were able to dump a ton of money into the offensive line this offseason, because they weren't tied down to $40 million a year for Burrow. We always overreact to every quarterback who comes into the league and has a good year in, in his first cup, like Mahomes. You know, got to a Super Bowl. Well, won a Super Bowl first, then got to another Super Bowl. And I remember after he won the first Super Bowl, people were saying, oh, he's going to win five or right? six. He's, the chase for Brady is on. Yeah, he'll be lucky he wins one. And then he lost to Brady the very next Yeah, exactly. Year. Exactly. So so I, uh, I don't know. Quarterback's just a funny position. It's all we talk about. It is the sexiest and uh, most important position in North American sports. But, uh, but, uh, and here we are talking about the quarterbacks again. Well, can I slip one more thing about quarterbacks in before we move yeah. on to something else? Lamar Jackson and his contract situation in Baltimore. They offered him reportedly more than what Kyler Murray got offered, but not as much guaranteed, and all Lamar wants is that guaranteed money. Don't you kind of agree with both sides? Like, I get Lamar being like, oh, I need that guaranteed money. The way I play football, I could get injured at any time. But then in the same token, the Ravens are like, yeah, dude, you get injured at any time. We don't want to give you that guaranteed money. No, both sides have a point, although... Uh- I mean, here's the thing. I would give Lamar Jackson the big money if I'm Baltimore because he's already there. You know what I mean? And if I were him, I'd try to strike a slight compromise because he's already there. Right. Like, he goes to another team. They have to re- rip up their floorboards on their offense and design it around him. I it's just, already done for I them. just don't think he'll ever win a Super Bowl. In Baltimore. Anywhere. Anywhere. I just, okay. I, I just don't think he throws the ball precisely enough. I think he can invent plays that'll always keep his team in the playoffs. But come you know, playoff time, thing. but come playoff time when you play all good teams, your passing has to be precise because Tom, it's that kind of a league. Oh, no question. He, he's not a precise passer, and weaponry isn't there for him to pass to. Like all you have to worry about right now is Mark Andrews because there's no deep threat with Hollywood Brown gone. I guess their first round pick last year was Rashad Bateman, who did not do well his rookie year. They've got a lot riding on him in his second year, but there's no guarantee that he's going to just emerge as a number one threat. But the Ravens will do what the Steelers probably envision incorrectly that they can do. They're going to clunk out wins by beating people up on defense and, and like sixteen thirteen like and those making kind of just things. enough plays on offense. And Jackson will like you know scramble for like a you know a twenty five yard touchdown yeah. once in a while. That's how they're going to win because because I think they can. I don't think the Steelers can. No, I don't think that they can either. And one point you brought up about Jacksonville, uh, not to go back, but 
you brought the Steelers up and we were talking about how they've just mangled their drafts the past couple of years. You talked about the front for Jacksonville defense just getting better and better, and it looks really good now. That's because they've invested all these premium picks into that side of the football. Josh Allen, they took number one overall pick last year, defensive end Trayvon Walker. I mean, they've just been hunkering down and spending, other than Trevor Lawrence, the one year, just pick after pick after pick on the defensive side of the ball, and you're going to eventually see that bear fruit. Even if you miss on one or two, two or three of them are going to pan out, and you're going to have a good defense for five years at least. I still can't believe the Steelers have spent their their first two picks in each of the last skill two drafts position. on skill guys. I can't believe it. It really doesn't make And that sense. is Tomlin. That is Tomlin. That's Tomlin wanting shiny new toys. And it's it's the detriment to the team because you're right. If they would have just gotten guys that the fans placating to the mob again, if the the fans would have hated it because oh, well, what are we going to do and get excited about these two linemen that you picked in the first two rounds? But in the end, it would have led to a better football team. Well, well, um, getting back to the original um, the original topic of five guys, which is coaches who have won more playoff games than Tomlin in the last how long? Uh, Twenty sixteen was the last time Tomlin won, so about six years now. Right, right. So. I mean, I think Tom has been a lousy coach for over a decade. And the only thing I have going for me to support that is evidence. Uh, that's I, it, huh? Yeah, that, that's all. And like, but, but there are people like Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News, who's a frequent guest, and I think he knows a lot about sports, but he's the kind of guy he just says he's a good coach, period. Never had a losing season. He's a good coach, period. Sometimes the losing season is the coach. He's just a good coach. You know, it, it's, it's like that's the new media. If you say something loud enough and long enough and repeatedly enough, it becomes true. People just say that Tom was a good coach, and they say it so often that people just automatically think he's a good coach. Uh, Dan Orlovsky of ESPN, and this isn't related to Tomlin directly, but he was talking about the Steelers' defense. And everybody on um, first take was saying how, not first take, but uh, get up. Get up, yeah. Was saying how great the defense is going to be. And he said, I'm not so sure about that. He said, he goes, we look at their defense and we think it is what we expect it to be and what, what it used to be. It's like a romanticized version oh, yeah. of what the Steelers' defense always is. And because they have TJ and Hayward and Minka, that props that notion up. But it's not a good defense. No, they were dead last in rush defense last year. And no one wants to run the ball in the NFL. So that should tell you something, that they couldn't stop the run against a, a league that just doesn't really want to run. And, and that goes to show you how smart Ben was last year. Because think about this. Ben managed games to the point where even though when the other team got a lead and should have been able to run the ball and just salt the game away, he somehow, in the defense somehow, kept it just close enough where he could rally them he in the fourth strike quarter. strike at the end. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, that's one thing they'll lack this year. At Here we go again. Quarterback. Oh, uh, Are you sure about that, though? Two-minute drill Kenny looks pretty good against the third stringers and the fourth stringers. I, I hope he does well. I hope he does well. I think the best-case scenario for him, Tom, would be if Pickett would play six or seven weeks, and if Pickett has made progress in practice and Trubisky has struggled, then Pickett takes over. Uh, uh, Adam Schefter said that uh, the feeling in Pittsburgh is that if Trubisky stumbles, Pickett will go in. Really? No kidding? Because nobody <laughs> told him that. He just assumes that, and it's probably true, but, but not today or tomorrow. No, it's not going to happen. I think the best case scenario is make the transition at the bye week. There's two home games coming out of the bye week. You have a full week of practice where he can take for, or two full weeks of practice where he can take first team reps. Then you got the Saints and I think the Bengals at home. Saints is a little bit of an easier game than the Bengals, so you get a nice little tune up there. What well, depends on your Burrow. is. But, yeah. Okay, okay. You no, can't, you're right. You can't do that if you're four games over 500. No football, no quarterbacks. Bring something else up. I. 
am hesitant to bring up the NBA. Don't turn off the podcast. This has nothing to do with actual NBA. It's more bashing Kevin Durant, which I know you love to do. Well, now, he, he him and Brooklyn made a deal to stay. Isn't that so nice of him to finally uh, agree to stay and play under the contract that he already yeah, signed? I mean, when I, heard, when I heard that he made a deal, I'm going, well, what's the deal? He had a deal. <laughs> I mean, have you heard anything that was agreed to to change? I mean, I just figured it's because nobody else wants him. There was some talk just this morning that Memphis was looking at pairing him with John Morant. But but the thing was, you need to give us John Moran if you want Kevin Durant. Well, or or give us so much that having Kevin Durant yeah. and John Moran doesn't matter. Right. That's like I couldn't believe the Celtics were reportedly considering trading like you know one of their top two players, both Tatum and Jalen Brown. Oh, they would have never traded both. But they were both on the table for talks, and it's absurd because those two just got to the NBA Finals together last year. And, they should grow together. And it's a young team. Yes. They were, right. They were two wins away from the NBA right. championship. They were going to gut the team for Kevin Durant, a guy who's not the man. Who's proven he's not the man. He'll never be the man. He'll never be the best player on a team that wins. No, Steph squashed all that when he won this year. Yeah. I think that people thought Durant was the reason why the Warriors won before this past season, but it's all squashed. And that is way up Durant's backside now. That Steph got the ring before he did when they well, broke no, up. Well, no, that he got it before and after. That's right. They had the one before, then Kevin comes and wins two, and then he got the fourth one without him. I remember when Kobe won his last one, they asked him how it, how it felt to, to win. He goes, well, it's one more than Shaq. You know, because that's how guys think, that's rightly or wrongly. Yep. Do you want to talk about the Pirates at all? I put In my notes, I put Pirates question mark, because I'm not sure if we really care. Well, O'Neill Cruz hit like a ball a thousand miles last night. He struck out two more times, I think. You know what we should talk about? Let's talk about the Little League World Series, because that's roughly in the same genre, genre. as the Pirates. Yeah, same, same, same caliber, set. yeah. One of those pitchers could strike out O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, but but the short fence, though, in Little League ah, Baseball. You're right. Uh, but but uh, I watched the game. I forget. I wish I knew who was playing. But I, I saw a game where one team had three fat kids up in a row. It was awesome. It was awesome. I was so happy. I mean, they all struck out. And then the, then the one uh, the one kid pitched the fat kid. It looked like a left-handed Bartolo Colon. <laughs> now their team lost obviously because fat kids aren't going to win. But uh, but it was I mean like because you know those little league teams, uh, Tom. They're not like teams that play in the league. They're all-star teams from the league of that area. Right. Like, for example, it's not like uh, some team from Mount Lebanon won the Mount Lebanon circuit, and then that team all moved their on. Players, it's all yeah. the pool of Mount Lebanon players. Right, exactly, which is fine. That's as it should yeah. be. But think about that. These three fat kids were good enough to make the all-star team and get to the Little League World Series. That's pretty impressive. Oh, they could probably rake. Uh, that short fence, like you were saying, I'm sure they just make contact and it's out of there. You should have seen the kid pitching. He had like like half his jersey <laughs> hanging out of his pants. He was sweating and spitting. It was it was it was disgusting in a magnificent way. Now I don't want to bring up something that might make you angry, but do you want to talk Liverpool? I know it's been a, it's been a tough start to the year, but we're going to talk Liverpool. I think every episode, especially during the season, as we go week to week. Here. Well, yeah, I mean it's I mean two draws and a loss, and you lose to hated Man United. But the, Silver Light that hasn't happened to you in a long time. So you've had a lot of years of good. I play. think that was twelve straight wins over United before that. Ooh. I think I'm not 100 percent sure, and I know last year we beat them four nil, five nil. So you know, I mean, hey, you know, you know what their coach did that was a good move, uh, Eric Ten Hag. He he benched Maguire and Ronaldo, which sends a message, and he started guys like that Martinez kid, Lissandro Martinez at center back, who's like five foot nine, but he's tough and dirty. And those guys came out and stuck in a few hard fouls right away, and you know ran their mouths and 
You know, uh, Bruno Fernandez did that too. Even though I don't mm-hmm. think he could, I don't think you could melt him down and pour him into a fight. But uh, but but it 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 didn't get us off our game, but it got them on theirs. Right. And, and plus, we need help in the midfield. I was uh, just going to ask you that. Is that your biggest weakness right now? Well, with Thiago injured, but Thiago's most often injured. They got lucky where he played most of the games last year. But but Henderson's probably like a little too old to play uh, to start ninety minutes every week. Milner definitely. So are they aging out like a little Penguins problem? Just getting team? a little stale, maybe? No, not the team because you guys you got guys like Harvey Elliott and Carvalho who are teenagers. Okay, who both played yesterday, so they're turning started. it over a little bit. Yeah, I think they're trying to. Okay, and that might lead to a year where we you know don't don't compete for the title. But you know, I think Carvalho, uh, the kid from Fulham, nineteen years old, I think he's marvelous. He came on yesterday, uh, got the shot that led to Salas' rebound goal. So, um, you know, I never get too down on Liverpool or the Penguins, believe it or not. They're the teams I support, and I think I'm a really good sports fan. Yeah, no question. I mean, I hear the behind the scenes, what goes on during the show when Liverpool's yeah, well, happening. It's a very eventful uh, watching of the game. Oh, it's very eventful. You'd have to be a very true sports fan and really care to act the way that you do. Well, yeah, if they told me I, 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 I couldn't do that during the show, I'd just take off every time <laughs> there was a Liverpool game. I mean, there's no question about that, so... It's like I'm going to Chicago next Wednesday. I was going to go to see White Snake, but that got canceled. I was just going to transition to the Mark Madden concert tour. I know you went to AC last week to see Rod Stewart. You're, and Cheap you're, Trick. You're Cheap upset trick about of Chicago getting ruined a well, little right, bit. Well, right, because I can't, I'm having trouble getting a refund because. Ticketmaster uh, sucks. No, well, that, but Scorpions are still playing and they're the headliner. So, but, and uh, maybe I'll go to Scorpions. If not, I'll, I'll lose some money. The hell with it. But, uh, but yeah, but but the problem is my my plane, my flight, and my my plane, my hotel and rental car were all paid for in advance. So I'm just going to so go. You're just and, go to Chicago. Yeah, because yeah. my, my I have a few close friends that live in Chicago, so it'll be all right. But uh, but how was Rod in AC? He's old. I mean, but he's still good. He gets like I said on on the X. He and Robert Plant understand their age and their limitations. Okay, and do what they do well, and really like you know, even though they do all their greatest hits, like like Rod sat down for four acoustic songs. He got off stage while his backup singers, the girls, sang a couple songs. He he totally gets it, and uh, you know, so does Plant. He switched to all that folksy, bluesy stuff, but, right. but that's what he can do now. Whereas like when when Leopard and Motley were in town. You know, no knock on them. God bless them. Maybe they feel obligated to do it. Maybe with the way their bins are, they are. But they came out and tried to do the same show and the same style like in 1987. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but yeah, Rod was good. Cheap Trick. I mean, Cheap Trick should just play five songs. If they played their five <laughs> hits, that's all people want to hear. They could get on, get off. Everybody would be happy. But so far, it was good, even though they went beyond that five songs. Yeah, it's fine. They, I mean, they I, can I, still perform. They can still do I it. I never complain too much about stuff like that. It's a night out. Now, television shows. I know you just finished Better Call Saul. Yes. Are you still watching The Wire? Have you fallen yes. off on that? I'm in episode four, season one Has of it Wire. caught your attention yet? Uh, the dialogue's marvelous, so yeah. Okay. Um, but it's a slow build to start. I've never seen it, so I wouldn't well, know. Well, like, I know, what, what was the guy's name he passed away? Michael? Chicklis. No, Williams. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's yeah, his, yeah. He has a middle initial. I, I feel dumb. I don't, I don't remember know. it either. But uh, but Michael he passed Chicklis away. Died. I'm but, an idiot. But he played. But he played uh, Omar. Yes. You know, Omar's not even in the first two or three episodes, if I'm not mistaken. He just appears. He he robs another drug dealer, and obviously, I'm assuming if if what I've heard is correct, he grows into the show's main character. Michael K. Williams. Michael K. Name, Williams. Yeah. yeah. He passed away, didn't he? He did. Well, um, accidental overdose. 
Really? That's what he died of, yeah. The drug dealer from The Wire passed away from an accidental, accidental overdose? overdose? yes. There's a million just really leave it. tasteless just jokes leave it. that are yep. there. Yeah, they just but, leave it. But still, so yeah, so I'm into The Wire now, and uh, I mean, I've come to realize Cobra Kai sucks, but I'm, I'm hooked. It took me a long time to realize it sucks. What, the show Cobra Kai? Yes, it sucks. But you love it because it's, it's foolish. It's over the top. It's like why wouldn't like the, the the police department of the valley say, "Look, no more karate," and then shoot somebody? Because it, it's killing. It's not killing kids, but it put one kid. It put uh, Miguel, Miguel in a wheelchair. He fell. What was it like? Five stories in the uh, the cafeteria at the the fight scene More in like high school. Two, but it was it was like you know what he looked like. You know you know what's funny? I saw that scene where he fell not too long ago on on YouTube. Yeah, you know what it looked like. Uh, what was the name of the villain? In the first Die Hard, was it Hans? Hans Gruber. Yeah, remember when he fell that scene? Yes, whenever falling, yeah, it remi- grabbing for the air. It as reminded he goes. me of Miguel falling. It really <laughs> did. It was like it's like they stole it from uh, from the first Die Hard. <laughs> you know, in, in the and again, but to give credit, the kids are the stars of that show. Yes, of, of Cobra Kai, like all the other guys. Like no knock on like uh, Machio and uh, Zapka and. Um, and and but but they're like worn out, you know. I, they're like you know they they're kind of flailing. They they were never Sir Lawrence Olivier to begin with, you know. But but I think the kids are really good. Although I'd feel better if if the kids if one of the kids finally had sex. They don't even imply that, do they? No, no. The closest it got was like not even like a let's go into the back of the room and then cut Tori, to a different Tori, scene. Tori and Robbie made out in a sports car once. That was about as close as we've gotten. No steam on the window with the hand pressed against like, it. Like uh, Titanic? Yeah. Yeah, like Titanic. <laughs> you know, one thing I've, I I saw, like, I'm not a big fan of Titanic, but it, but if I'm flipping the dial and I see a movie like that, I'll watch a little bit of okay. it. I mean, what a whore she was. You know what I mean? She gets on the boat with her fiancé. The next thing you know, she meets this this broke guy who's Street an artist. Street urchin, really. Right, and she's taking her top off. He's drawing her boobs. It's like it's like you know it's like it's like pornography back in the day. He's probably selling the pictures <laughs> of the boobs on the street, or he would have had he had he not you know died tragically. And, and then they're banging in a car that's in storage. I mean, like, you know, what, I mean, it didn't take much with her, did it? No, the fiance's probably like, what the hell is going on here? I come onto the boat with this woman I'm planning on marrying, and now she's dying by sinking to the bottom of the ocean with some complete stranger. Yeah, and the stuff where he, like, grabbed the kid and pretended that he was her father to get on the boat with the kid. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah, you gotta. I would have tried everything in my power I'm to I'm not sneak going down with the boats. ship, no, no way. No way, no way, no hell. She was also a bit of a jerk off because. It was proven on Mythbusters that she could have moved and let Leo live on that board that they were floating on in right, the ocean. They it, could have supported both it, of their it weights. T- it would have taken a bit of balance. Right, but they could have worked it out and had it work, and she's just sitting there laying spread eagle while he's floating in the water, freezing to death. And then and then years later, she's on that boat, and she throws the diamond yeah, off the right. boat. What an idiot. I mean, I'm not, I'm like, I was up at my mom's house today. I'm cleaning. I'm not even throwing away my Edmonton Oilers Stanley Cup press guy. She's throwing away this diamond that's worth millions. <laughs> Bottom of the ocean, never yeah. to be found again. All right, let's get the hell out of here. We're done with this. Good, good, good. So this went okay, I guess. Oh, I think it was all right, yeah. But, but okay, for five guys, we need. Um, we're not doing sports next we week. We need stupid stuff. Yeah, we're not doing sports next week. Really, the more stupid stuff we have, the better. This right. needs to be stupid. Sounds good to me. And you know, bet and, and obviously we. I'm doing the gambling one, Mark Men's, which I'm trying to title Mark Men's Gambling Fever. That's with Pursuit on Thursdays. Yeah, the plan at least. Actually, we should call it Mike Pursuit's Gambling Fever because if anybody has the does. fever, <laughs> yeah, it's it's him. Oh, and uh, I did win my soccer bet this week too. So that's a little preview, nice. a little tease, as we call. It. Yeah, I had Fulham. 
You know, it's weird. The sports book in Atlantic City, you couldn't bet draws. A draw was That's unheard push. of for soccer. You know, you know. honestly, it depends on how your uh, software is set up. Really? Yeah, because in Vegas, for, for the, a couple of years, Palace Station, you couldn't bet draws either. But here's what you can do. I bet full and minus half a goal. You can get like a goal line, like a puck yeah, line or you something like that. Yeah. So I bet full and minus half a goal to take the draw out of the equation. Right. And you know, and you know, and full and one three two. So And you're chasing a bit on your soccer bets to start the year, right? I, I am down exactly ninety eight dollars and fifty cents. So we're getting back. We're getting back to even. I'm two and four. I'm two and four, and Liverpool are killing me. This week I didn't bet on Liverpool because you gotta you gotta take your emotions out of it a little bit. The the one that killed me. Was the opener against Fulham where I parlayed Liverpool to win Salah to score, and Salah scored and they drew. You also did what a parlay for them to win against Palace with Nunez to score. Yeah, he got red card and then he headbutted somebody. Yeah, <laughs> got kicked yeah. out of the game. Could have used him yesterday. Oh no question. You have to sit out right if you get that three red games. card. Three games. Straight red cards. Three games. He's yeah. out three straight if you games. Get, if you get the double yellow, you know yellow, yellow, it's just red. One game. That's one game. If you get the straight red, three games. Wow. So that's a pretty hefty uh, suspension for you guys, especially when you're struggling to get some offense going, and especially trying to replace Marne, who went yeah. to, who went to Bayern. So anyway, wrap it up. I'm done. All right. That's all. Or, or should I wrap it? Oh, that's Tom Offerman. I'm Mark Madden. Talk about your cliched radio endings. This is Mark Madden, uncensored, unfiltered, unfiltered, here on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, betrivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts.